The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Thank God it's Friday. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our weekending edition of uh, Analyze This here on your NPR station. In the U.S. version, Islands, WTJXFM, with yours truly, Neville James. It's a gorgeous day in paradise. I'm glad to be here this morning. We'll have some good conversations between now and the 10 o'clock hour. Um, Vaitima uh, is supposed to be making an appearance, I believe, down the line already, and uh, looking forward to talking with them. And then in uh, our number two, I believe, the Children's Museum, the Virgin Islands Children's Museum, uh, going to be on the mic uh, in our number two. So uh, let's get right to the, the discussion because I want to get to the weather service at some point this morning uh, to, to talk with them. We haven't spoken with them since Monday. Um, I believe we have Mr. Eric Ackerson joining us this morning um, from the Virgin Islands Territorial Emergency Management Agency, affectionately known as Vitima. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Thank you very much for, very much for having me. This is Eric Ackerson, Public Information Officer for Vitima. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to talk to our listeners about the upcoming Tsunami Walk, which will take place on all three islands tomorrow um, from 9 to 11. Uh, and it will involve a, a wide array of uh, residents and members of the community. Well, go right ahead. Don't let me get in your way. Let me yield to you and, <laughs> and you can um, you know, well, let the public know. No problem. How I, hope, how... I hope to be joined here momentarily by our uh, by our training coordinator, Ms. Chantel Eddie Bully. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be calling in as well. Okay. So go right ahead. Okay. Uh, what a lot of residents know, what a lot of uh, residents like ourselves that have lived here or born here know, uh, we experienced uh, on November 18, 19, or 1867, uh, a devastating tsunami that affected uh, both St. Thomas and St. Croix, and actually it was a series of two uh, tsunami waves that affected both islands. Uh, what the tsunami walk is, and we originally had it planned for the 9th of November this year on National Tsunami Awareness Day, um, is a group on, we'll, is, we will gather on all three islands at the uh, at, at registered points, and I'll have those uh, here in a minute. Uh, and from 9 to 11, it's, in a, it's a practice evacuation. It's starting at the waterfront and proceeding at least above 82 feet above sea level, which is the recommended stick ramp, or two miles inland. Uh, these are brief walks. They are fun walks. Water and apples will be provided, uh, as, long as, as, far, as well as educational opportunities uh, along the way. And at the end, uh, a brief little speech by... Uh, on St. Croix will be Director Josh, and on St. Thomas will be members from uh, UBI and St. Uh, Croix and St. John as well uh, to tell us the effects of tsunami, what we can look for, uh, the signs. And a lot of it is just to, because the Virgin Islands are considered such a high level of vulnerability, it, it, it's something to keep mindful of. Yes, we're all mindful of hurricane season. We know exactly from June 1st to November 30th how to be prepared, the signs we look for, and those warnings come directly to us. Uh, tsunami awareness is more a state of mind. We 
wherever you are, at the beach, driving along the waterfront, leaving your home, everyday activities, it's always good to be mindful of exactly what to do, one, in the earthquake that uh, will precede a tsunami, and two, exactly where to go, where the uh, tsunami warnings to go off. And that's basically what this is. This is, this is bringing to mind, uh, I remember, uh, uh, for all residents and visitors, that work race, what to do in the case of a tsunami, it should just be a muscle memory. Uh, I am to stop where I am, proceed, uh, again, directly at least 82 feet above sea level or two miles inland. The other thing it is to know your evacuation route uh, wherever you are. Uh, again, if, you're, if your residence is a low elevation, if your business is a low elevation, if whatever activity you're planning along that day, it doesn't necessarily have to be at the beach, but because we have so many miles and miles of white pristine beaches, um, it's, it's good to know when people, what, what to happen because it's so highly populated. It's a family communication day. It will, uh, um, again, uh, be on all three islands. On St. Thomas, the walk will take place starting at Fort Christian parking lot. And we'll proceed uh, upwards to the uh, First Ladies Garden up on Government Hill, uh, next to Government House itself. On St. Croix, we'll start at the Frederickstead Waterfront. And it'll proceed to the Claude Marco Elementary School. On St. John, it will start at the Frank Powell Park and continue on up to the Black Mosque Roundabout. Uh, now, these are very short. They will take probably 20 minutes to each destination, and then everybody will, again, it'll be followed by educational briefings, and then uh, and then we'll walk back. We have traffic control. Uh, we've partnered with uh, the Virgin Islands Police Department, so for safety, we ask you to dress appropriately for the weather. Uh, that will take place rain or shine. Were something to happen with the weather and it were to be postponed at the last minute, we invite you to... Uh, Follow the FITEMA Facebook page. We will have instant information. We'll be in touch with the National Weather Service today just to make sure that we'll have clear and sunny skies for tomorrow. Um, I think we're joined by your colleague. Uh, good morning. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Could you uh, introduce yourself to the listening audience and proceed? Sure. sure. Good morning, everyone. My name is Chantel Bully. I am the training and exercises coordinator for FITEMA. Okay. And uh, looking forward to tomorrow? Definitely. Uh, we're always ready to get the community prepared in regards to natural disasters. So we are so excited to have this uh, walk. It's our first ever, and we hope to continue it for the years to come. Okay, that's, that, that's awesome. The siren then walking? So most of the sirens are working. We did test them. We are in the process of mitigating the rest that are not working. It's, it's been a long, long process. But for the most part, most of our sirens are working. Okay. And and what's the deal with the infrastructure for those that aren't working? Uh, that's more of an IT question. What we try to do, though, is prepare the community with natural warning signs. Uh, because even though tsunami sirens are great, they with the impact of the type of earthquake that would cause a tsunami, more than likely a lot of our sirens would go down. So we don't want the community to rely on our tsunami sirens, more so on their knowledge of the natural warning signs. Okay. Now, um, talk about it, the educational component that uh, the that Vitima has put in place to keep awareness at the uh, requisite levels for the entire territory, given that we are completely surrounded by water. Yeah, 
So on the outreach side, we do try to do more. We're going to try to do more events like this to bring full-on awareness, tips and tricks on what to do in regards to natural disasters. But on the training side, we also offer a lot of training in regards to preparation for uh, tsunamis and natural disasters. You can always find those on our website. You can also call into Vitima. Anyone can call uh, and reach out to myself, Chantal Bully, and those are usually open to all. It's not just for GVI agencies or private organizations. Anyone who is willing to take the courses needed to prepare themselves for these events, we will always make it open to them to attend. So we really try to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to gain the information needed to be prepared for events like this. And, and what about schools and all that stuff? So we do have a, a kind of a training plan with our schools. The schools have a great uh, safety and training person, Mr. Irvin Mason, and we do collaborate with them very often to bring a lot of outreach to the schools, presentations that are more so on the level of each uh, class that we do visit. So it's not just one presentation that only one uh, level can understand. We try to make sure that it's, it's for everyone, that all of them can understand on their level so that they can be prepared and also that they can take this information home to their parents. Okay, so so let, let, let's get back to um the 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 the, the origin of uh, tsunamis. Um, for those who let, let's say you're speaking to somebody who knows nothing about tsunamis, um, brief them on what exactly um, a tsunami is and 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 how it impacts um, the different um, areas or countries that it, that's been that have been devastated i know we had one in indonesia uh about i guess 15 years ago time flies um and seeing children climbing up in trees and all that stuff uh, that has to be a horrifying experience correct so a tsunami in uh the simplest terms a tsunami is just a long series of waves a lot of people have the idea that tsunamis are only this huge walls of water when in actuality, it is a series of waves that are caused by a shifting of plates that cause, um, you know, a, a, an up, a upset within the sea to cause uh, vibrations. And then, of course, the waves start to continue. So with a long series of waves, we see that a lot of people have the idea of these, um, tsunamis happening in these countries that are so far from where we are in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Well, it's very interesting that today, November 18th, actually marks 155 years of the first and only recorded tsunami within the U.S. Virgin Islands. That tsunami was caused by a 7.5 earthquake, and it happened in the Anagata, in the Anagata Trough. And what that did was it caused two waves. So the first wave uh, came and mostly hit St. Thomas, as well as Fredericksburg, and then the second wave came exactly 10 minutes later. And that caused a whole washout. So when we're talking St. Thomas, the entire waterfront, as well as the uh, as well as Water Island, were completely impacted. And then in St. Croix, Fredericksburg was. And when you think of it, we're not talking about just a surge of water. There's a difference between a surge and a tsunami. We surges happen very often. It's when you know the sea levels uh, increase. So you just have water, you know, rising. However, with tsunamis. The series of waves come in, in with hard impact. So often you would see the sea roll back, and then when it comes, it comes with a vengeance and rolls through anything in its path. 
So that's the reason why we try to educate everyone because some people do not have the right education on what a tsunami actually is, how to kind of view it, what can it do. And we just want to make sure that now that we are 155 years later from our our one and only tsunami, you know, we don't want to scare anyone. We would rather prepare you than scare you. What about the reef over here on the North Shore? Is it? The, the reef that, that, that we look at as a, as a protective barrier over here on the North Shore of St. Croix. Uh, uh, so it, it is knowledge that reefs, uh, any, any type of barrier reefs often do break up a little bit of tsunamis due to the reef stopping some of the, the waves. But then again, we want to make sure that everyone understands, as you said, we are practically surrounded by water. I would not put trust in saying, well, the reef is going to stop me, um, stop the, the tsunami from impacting me. We want you to be safe rather than just saying, well, that's going to help, so I'm just not going to go anywhere. So whether you are, um, even if you're inland, we still train everyone that even if you're inland, still keep your eyes out. We, we always want to let people know you have to be at least, at minimum, 82 feet above sea level or two miles inland. Now, we have a lot of areas where people are going to be to the middle of the island and they might feel safe and you probably are in the safest area you can be at the moment but we still don't want you to be relaxed about it we want to make sure that you're still up on your tip just in case anything happens because remember tsunamis are triggered by earthquakes so the tsunami might not impact you but the earthquake will so we want to just make sure that everyone is is prepped and ready in in this event anything you wanted to add to that um, mr Ackerson? No, I think I, I think we've covered everything, especially the anniversary. Again, it's uh, uh, um, this is our first walk. Um, this is our inaugural uh, event. Uh, we look forward to having this every year or several times a year. Um, it's to promote awareness, all-time awareness, because, again, like Ms. Eddie said, we're surrounded by water. We're in a constant state uh, wherever we are, driving along the waterfront, going to work, going to school, uh, not necessarily just going to the beach, but, yes, going to the beach or taking the ferry. Um, it's something we should all be cognizant of and aware. And again, in the back of your mind, think 82 feet and two miles. And it's just the more we practice and the more we associate this with fun events and the more we reach out for uh, um, and provide community awareness, uh, the better we'll be where uh, we're something like this to happen again. What, what um, if, if you will, uh, go into the, to the support that uh, NOAA and, and the federal agencies provide to our local agency, Vitima, um, to make sure that the awareness levels and uh, in the worst, if the worst case scenarios realize, um, the support systems are in place um, to allow for us um, to actually function uh, in the aftermath. Well, again, I, I think what a lot of people already know, a lot of a lot of longtime residents know, is that uh, uh, from June first to November thirtieth, the traditional hurricane awareness season that FEMA's always at the ready. What people don't realize is that FEMA is a partner agency of the, Virgin, of the U.S. Virgin Islands. And were we to need them uh, for an earthquake uh, relief, for any type of hazard, be it natural or man-made, for a tsunami incident, that they, by FEMA, or, uh, FEMA and our national partner, or federal partners, um, they're always aware, they're always ready with the team to come, they're always on alert. Uh, we work out of uh, Region 2, uh, FEMA Region 2 out of New York City. Um, they are moments away. Um, we also have partners staged throughout the Caribbean. We have partners, obviously, on on, um, on the East Coast that can be here in a matter of hours, as well as Puerto Rico for support. 
So it's something that's ongoing. It's not something that's just uh, um, takes place during hurricane season. Emergency management is just that. We prepare for we prepare to manage emergencies 24/7, 365 days. And this is why Miss Eddie, um, and rightly so, provides such training and invites our, our federal partners to come in and provide training for not only uh, GVI organizations but also for the residents and educators. Uh, those trainings are, I can I can tell you firsthand, and everybody knows I preach all about it. I get so much information about them. They're enjoyable. They're light. They're you take you. There's not a there's not a training seminar I've ever come away with and not had some type of new knowledge that I didn't know going in. That's that, that's good to know. Um, so uh, get back to this to the schools, uh, Miss Eddie. Um, the 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 younger the younger generation is a little bit more astute um, to what's going on, given the advances in technology uh, and all that. Um, we feel good about um, making uh, brochures and all that stuff information available to our schools. Yeah, so we we always try to bring uh, resources that they can understand. So we do have brochures. So Vitima is is filled with a plethora. Um, resources, bookmarks, and, and books, brochures. But we've also uh, done some interesting things. For example, we do have a coloring book, a tsunami coloring book for younger children, not only to be interactive, but it's a way for them to have fun as well as learn about tsunamis and what to do during a tsunami. We also have things like cartoons. We've had uh, PSAs in the past that have been a very educational and fun for our children. So we really want to make, we really try to make everything creative when it comes to educating our, our young children within the U.S. Virgin Islands about tsunamis. Because as a lot of times, uh, everyone expects that when a natural disaster hits, everyone is going to be home with their families. And that might not be the case. And we want to make sure that all of our students are kept up to speed on, on how to keep themselves safe in the event that they're not home with their parents. So we really try to bring those resources, the coloring books, our, our cartoon that's upcoming, our PSAs, and, and keep it fun, our jingles, so that they can have something to reference back to if something does happen. We're going to take a break now, come back, wrap up this uh, conversation with uh, Vaitima. Um, tomorrow, um, we're going to have um, a, a series of walks uh, throughout the territory. We'll take a break. We'll be back right after this. Banking for your business. At Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go and our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big that cowboy hat on. <laughs> he looked like, like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. <laughs> I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. 
All of us want to know what's going on, but only some of us want to know the why. That's where we come in. 1A is a place for the curious, daily conversations for those looking to make sense of our world. I'm Jen White. I hope you'll join me next time for 1A. Catch 1A at its new time, weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. The mission of public radio is to create a more informed community, to build a deeper understanding and appreciation of ideas, events, and cultures. But none of that is possible without human connection. When you donate to WTJX FM, you are directly supporting the shows you love and all the work behind the scenes that keeps us up and running. Give today at WTJX.org forward slash donate or by calling 844-737-9842. And we're back here on Analyze This, a beautiful Friday in paradise. We got the uh, good people from uh, Vitima, Virgin Islands Territorial Emergency Management Agency, joining us. We got Mr. Eric Ackerson and Ms. Chantel Eddy. That's the last name? Oh, Chantel, Chantel Eddy Bully. Yes. Chantel Eddy Bully. Okay, good morning to both of you. Uh, so anything uh, we, we, we touched, we didn't we didn't touch on that you want to uh, bring us up to, to speed on? I think um, we touched everything. Um, Mr. Ackerson um, told us of uh, the three walks. I know St. Croix is... Um, the fourth to, to Claudemarco School. Correct. And then in St. Thomas, um, from where to Government House Hill? So in St. Thomas, it's going to start in the Fort Christian parking lot. We're going to go to the, the top of Government Hill and then uh, make our way back. Make our way back. And then uh, St. John? And St. John, we're going to start right there in the park across from the ferry dock, the Powell Park. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make our way up to Black Hibiscus Roundabout. Black Hibiscus Roundabout. Okay, good. So, um... Um, put a lot of preparation involved for uh, t- tomorrow, and you know, hoping to make this a, a annual thing. Yes, uh, we we really want to make sure this actually is in observance of our World Tsunami World Tsunami Awareness Day, uh, November fifth. So, because that is an every year event, we want to make sure that we bring something every year as well to keep the community informed. Okay, good. Uh, anything else, Mr. Atkinson? You wanted to uh, let a po- inform no, the public about. No. Not really. I'd like to let the public know and everybody that's, uh, that's thinking about joining us, it's not too late to join us. Uh, there was not a pre-registration. Uh, pre-registration will take place at the event uh, the morning of. So if you could show up about 15 minutes before, we will have uh, personnel there from Vitina and volunteer organizations, support organizations, uh, to register you for it. So it's a great idea for a family walk. And were you to do your morning exercises someplace else and would like to do it with a, a group of your friends and neighbors, uh, this would be the ideal situation. You don't have to pre-register. Just show up at the locations that Miss Eddie Bully identified, and uh, the walk will take place between 9 and 11 o'clock tomorrow. Okay, good. Anything else about uh, the hurricane season you want to talk about? I know we're winding down. Uh, today's the 18th. Uh, we got, uh, what, 12 more days officially uh, for the hurricane season. So we just want to thank everyone for uh, what they did this hurricane season for being so prepared and thank the Lord that we did not get uh, hit with something major. Mm -hmm. But we want to also remind you to stay prepared, stay prepared. Do not wait until next uh, June to September to get prepared. Start getting your families ready. 
from tomorrow for next hurricane season. And just remember to always go on our website, www.vitima.vi.gov, for any information or updates. And we want to let everyone know to be prepared, stay informed, and be vigilant. Thank you. You got it. That's uh, Ms. Uh, Chantel uh, Eddie Bully and uh, Mr. Eric Atkinson joining us on the Virgin Islands Territorial Emergency Management Agency, Vitima. Tomorrow is a big day. Um, tsunami walks in all three uh, all three islands. What time is that? Begins at 9 a.m. 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. Okay. Uh, th- thanks to both of you. Appreciate you. Thank you very much. You got it. That's um, Mr. Eric Atkinson and Ms. Uh, Chantel Eddie Bully. Joining us tomorrow. Okay, we got tsunami awareness and uh, walk scheduled um, from down by the ferry in uh, St. John, uh, Fort Christian, parking lot in St. Thomas, and uh, Fort Frederick uh, in St. Croix, uh, down in the west. Okay? Uh, 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. Um, so what we're going to do is I'm going to ask my uh, DJ to reach out to the weather service. Uh, so they could let us know what's going on because uh, our, um, our weatherman was talking about um, the northern shores um, for our beachgoers. Um, need to be uh, a little careful, a little, you know, aware uh, of uh, wave action and then not say them. Okay? So we're keeping an eye on that. Uh, to make sure that um, the or beach goers uh, know what's going on. Uh, good morning to the National Weather Service in San Juan. How are you? Oh, good morning. Good. Who am I speaking with? Hey, Ian Colon this time. Ian Colon. How are you? I'm good, man. Long time no here. Everything okay? I know. It's been a while. Been a while. Been a while. How's San Juan? Fiona. <laughs> yeah, everything is good here. Um, similar to the Virgin Islands, we had had some mixed periods of sunshine and some passing showers. Nothing significant, but right now we are, yeah, everything kind of cleared up. So we're good. Don't it, um, San Juan, uh, Puerto Rico green? Because it's very green up here. I, yeah, it is. I mean, we have had a lot of rain with all these systems, especially with that upper level trough that pretty much linger over, or meander over the area <laughs> for the last few weeks. Yeah. So we have had a lot of rain, especially over eastern Puerto Rico, including Vieques and Culebra. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a good thing. You know, so far we don't have any type of uh, drought conditions anywhere in, on both the U.S. Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. Um, stream flows are good. You know, everything, as you say, is green. So there's a, there's a good thing that come out with all the rain that we have experienced recently. Yeah, I never heard, I've never heard of a, a weather system meandering, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, I li- actually, no, I, li- I like that. I, 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 I like, no, I love your English. I like the way you connected those two. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, but do you remember Dorian, for example? Yes, in, yes. Back, like two years ago, it, yeah. it meandered over the, over, yeah, it's, it's, no, it's no, over no, that. No, the no, 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 it laid down. Over Abaco. Oh, but yeah, I stayed there for a very long period, yeah. you know, causing all that storm surge and excessive rainfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a term that we use. But that actually, that actually uh, became a hurricane between between St. Thomas and Puerto Rico. Yeah, let's not let's not talk about that. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> let, 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 and, and and of course, you know, the hurricane season is going to be over in another twelve days, right? Te- I know, I know. Technically, I mean, so, so that's, far, so we, we, we don't have anything. Um, the Hurricane Center is not monitoring any system across the Atlantic. But again, it's not over, you know. Which so. which, which system it was this year that that impacted um, Puerto Rico? This year? Yeah. Yeah, so, we have Fiona. 
Fiona, yes, yes. A lot of rain, right? A lot of rain. Nine, yes, we had uh, across the Cordillera Center, which basically crosses the island east to west. Yeah, um, mostly, 20, the, mo- mostly the western two-thirds of the island, right? I'm sorry? It was mostly the western two-thirds of the island. No, it was pretty much the half southern and eastern portions yeah. that experienced most of the rain. Of course, with that southerly flow, mm-hmm. um, uh, we had uh, Ponce, Ponce, yeah, from, from Ponce, Ponce, Mayagüez, all the way to Patillas. Yeah, no, San, no, no. You're going to the west side. San, the eastern side was the one that experienced most. most oh, really? Rain. I, I thought it was. I thought it was. No, that was Isaias probably back uh, last year or two years ago. Okay, okay. So it was Isaias, most, it was mostly southeast and central then. That's what you're saying. Yes. Yes, okay, so yes. it, it wasn't south southwest and central; it was southeast and central. It was southeast, yeah, southeastern Puerto Rico, okay. where most of the you know most of the rivers were were out of their banks, you know, yeah. a, a kind of type of emergency flooding event. So it was a big thing. Where, where, where is um, Fajardo and Umacao? Fajardo and Umacao are on the eastern side. That's the eastern side, so they were impacted yes. as well. Yes, they were. Fajardo is pretty much the easternmost. A municipality along with Ceiba, mm-hmm. and then and then Umagao is a few municipalities south, wow. both on the eastern side. Okay, good. Now our um our weatherman was saying that our northern shores um are susceptible to high waves for our beachgoers. Can you speak to that? Yes, yes. So weather wise, everything seems good, other than also other passing showers. But we have an increase over. I mean, it's already occurring. Some increasing winds are affecting the region. This is causing shopping marine conditions, and that gets reflected on the coast, and especially across the Atlantic waters. So all that northern coast of St. Thomas and St. John, and then northern St. Croix and eastern St. Croix currently have a moderate risk of rip currents. And next week, now that we're talking about that, with increasing winds and a northerly swell combination of those both, that risk may actually elevate to high. So for those that are visiting northern and eastern beaches of both the northern uh, Virgin Islands and St. Croix should be aware of that, you know, and take the necessary uh, preparations. I mean, if they decide to go to the beach, you know, go to the beach where there's some lifeguards or, or protected beaches and enjoy at the same time. But just be aware of those. And especially yeah, kids with kids and, and elderly, uh, those are usually the most susceptible to rip currents. Now, um, we're looking at some rain um, over the weekend? No, actually, pretty pretty good. Uh, the weekend, very uh, uh, enjoyable. If any, if anyone listening to us right now and they have some any activity in the exteriors, any outdoor activities, you know, go ahead and do it. Don't forget your rain jacket. Maybe we may have some passing showers every now and then. Uh, things may deteriorate by mid next week with the passage of a tropical wave, but it, it's too early to determine what impacts it could bring or how much rain, but that's the thing that we have so far in terms of weather. And and, and going back to the marine conditions, we are entering more now into that swell season. So not only during this weekend, but during the whole Christmas or winter season and local Caribbean season, you know, stay aware, you know, uh, take that into consideration anytime you decide to go visit the beaches or even, you know, throw out your, your, any small boats or go out there for across the local waters. Now you, you mentioned the swell season, and then yes. and then we transition to the dry season, right? Yes, that's when swell season. That's a, that's a January thing. Yeah, it's like January to it's kind of October to March or so. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the swell season is basically like all these systems that move over the Western Atlantic or develop over the Atlantic waters. That energy basically um, transfers through the waters and then affects our area. 
Okay, okay. So good. we don't so, see that many. I mean, we do see some, you know, frontal boundaries that reach our area, and we we do see some rain, but it's not, you know, like tropical season where we actually see actually uh, more more rain. No, because during the dry season, that's when we see these extended droughts. Yes, uh, hopefully the, we won't see that yeah, this the, year. The ground, the ground is very very brown now. You yeah, know, I, I'm appreciating looking outside and seeing how lush and how green it is outside. Yeah, you know, one good the difference between this year, I mean, of of right, like looking back last year at this time, we were still under drought conditions. Mm. You know, we never actually recover. No, neither the Virgin Islands or Puerto Rico. But not this year, though, because this and year, this year we're we're, we're yeah. out. We don't have like the, the yeah. U.S. drought monitor. It's not finding any type of drought conditions across the region. I mean, across the local islands. Yeah, let me ask you this favor so we could uh, educate the, the the public as to what to expect yes. during different times of the year. Let, let's start in... in uh, so you, you mentioned the swell season. That's that's our... That's rain. That's rain. Not not steady rain, but enough rain to, to keep the, to keep the, um, the ground moist. And all that stuff, and keep the country green, right? It's more. It's more based on climatology. Looking, for example, ten, twenty, an average, mm-hmm. ten years, twenty years, thirty years. When we look at accumulations, you know, on average. But that's mostly a November, December thing, right? I'm sorry. That's mostly a November and December. Yeah, uh, the wet season going starting with the wet season is usually you know uh, August, September, October, mm-hmm. even November. It's kind of wet. Mm-hmm. Where we have uh, tropical activity moving in, uh, we have upper level troughs, you know, enhancing uh, shower activity. Um, that's what we see. And then when we move December, January, uh, February, March, then we see a reduction on that, on climatology wise. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of considered the dry period. I mean, I'm not saying that it's not going to rain, it's, it's just that on looking at the average. Looking back 10, 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. isn't they, are the are the months with the least um, rainfall accumulations? No. Um, so 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 we get into the new year, and then we get into the dry season, which is mostly um, heavy in February and March, right? Mm-hmm. And and then uh, we start getting some April showers. But when is the dust season? Well, when when do we start seeing the Sahara dust? Oh, the dust, Saharan dust. Yeah, that that starts yeah. to kick in around what time? <laughs> Actually, you know what? We can see Saharan dust any time of the year. Really? I mean, they may just start saying, yeah, it depends. We just need the right conditions, especially if we have that low-level jet, like a really strong low-level jet. Mm-hmm. Or, or, well, I mean, not necessarily low at the surface, but at, at 700 millibars. If I'm going, I don't want to go too technical, but if you have a strong wings that could carry that dust from Africa all the way to the Caribbean, it could happen at any time. Mm-hmm. But we do see that the beginning of the, of the dust, around May, April, mm-hmm. and continuing. I mean, we even had dust a few weeks back. So it all depends. We just need the right conditions. And, of course, we've seen the peak dust events around during that second no, dry I know, period. I know in June, I, I know we had, a, we had Godzilla back in June of 2020. Yes. Yeah. And it was, about, it was, I think it was July. July, yeah, June, July, right? yeah. That was, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, we just need the right conditions. I mean, we we see a tropical wave activity, but then in between them we see dry air, Saharan dust, you know, because the conditions are right. You know, it's moving all that mass is moving from the from Africa all the way across the Atlantic mm-hmm. to us. And at the end of the day, dust is not necessarily bad. You know, it's it's good. It 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 feeds the the Amazon. Uh, I mean, it does affect our health or, or some people, but uh, it's it's not necessarily bad. But again, it, uh, answering your question, it goes from. Uh, 
March, uh, April, May, so and continuing all the way to October, mm. we have seen Saharan dust events. And then usually when we when we get a, a rain system, that that undermines Saharan dust, right? Yes, yes, or any rain, you know. Any yeah. think about think about your car. I mean, if you have if you have dirt in your car, and you throw water on it, you know, mm -hmm. you remove it. So anything that can remove anything from the atmosphere, then, yeah, of course, you're going to see a reduction in any any type of particle. Not only Saharan dust, any type of particle, and then, of course, improve visibility. And then finally, um, when we get past the hurricane season, we get that humid, that, that uh, September and October, when we experience humidity like no other time of the year. Can you rephrase the question? No, no, I was, I was saying in September and October, oh. we, 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 <laughs> suffer, we suffer from extreme humidity. It gets yeah, really, yeah, it gets yeah. really That's our that's our 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 summer months from a weather standpoint is from from humidity. Uh, unlike America, which is July and August, ours mm -hmm. is September and October. Yes, and one, and one thing I mean, we may look into this season as dry, but the U.S. Virgin Islands they see a lot of shower activity during mm -hmm. this season. I mean, let me not let me not uh, say it's completely dry, especially when once we have northeasterly winds meaning colder winds moving over warmer waters, and that we have, that's what we call advective pattern. And that's when we see all these passing showers, or we call it trade wind showers, so winds moving showers over the islands at times. And that also affects eastern Puerto Rico, including Vieques and Culebra. So, I mean, it's not going to be entirely dry. And especially, like, for example, last night, there was some activity that affected the islands, and we've seen that for the last few nights. Okay, okay, good. Um... Yanko Long, thanks a lot, man. Good to hear you, oh, man. Thanks, nice thanks nice conversation. You. Appreciate that. Yeah. How, yeah. How, 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 you, guys, yeah. You, guys, you guys you guys, call us and yeah, have a conversation. No, we're good. Um, the family good? Everybody good? Yeah, everybody. Yeah, everybody's good. Okay. You know, looking forward for next week, you know, starting with the holidays. Yeah, yeah, Eating yeah. Some, some turkey. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about, about turkey prices in the Virgin Islands, but here are kind of crazy. Yo, regardless of how, 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 how much it costs, we, yeah. we're going to get the turkey. You know that about that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, before I go, I mean, uh, listeners, you guys can, I mean, I, I, I want to invite everyone to share photos and videos with us, even during um, fair weather conditions. Use uh, social media, either Facebook or Twitter, just hashtag for you guys, USVIWX. Or just tag us, you know, NWS San Juan or NWS SJU to see how, how things are going on in, in both, in, in all, all three islands. Okay. Or, or even if we have listeners in Vegas and Culebra, too. So we invite everybody to practice. We say practice now because in events, you know, during, during severe weather events, we also invite people to, to report any, you know, severe weather conditions in the area as well. So this will be a good time. Thank you very much, so. sir. Appreciate it. You got yes, it. Yes, have a good day. You too. That's Ian Colón from the National Weather Service in San Juan. Uh, we take a break when we come back. We'll be speaking with the uh, WAPA Governing Board Chairman, uh, Kyle Fleming. Be back right after this. Have you struggled with finding safe spaces for your children to meet up and learn through play and social interaction? Teen Time at the VI Children's Museum offers fun family learning for children ages 12 to 18 years old. A free program for all participants. For dates and information, 340-643-0366 or teentime at vichildrensmuseum.org. I'm Deepa Fernandez from Public Radio's Midday News magazine, Here and Now. We'll bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up, plus conversations with authors and artists. 
stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So please join us for Public Radio's midday news magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. Right here on WTJX FM 93.1. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh-huh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. You've already discovered that this NPR station is an excellent source of news and entertainment, but did you know that this station is a nonprofit? Public radio is for the public, available to all free of charge. That is possible thanks to people just like you who give what they can to support open access to information. So thank you for listening and for making all of this possible. You can donate right now at WTJX.org. And we're back here uh, on Analyze This. It's a beautiful Friday uh, in paradise. We're joined here by the uh, Virgin Islands Energy Office Director, uh, Mr. Kyle Fleming, uh, a part of the Pawawa uh, here on uh, WTJX uh, FM. And uh, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to meander in here on a Friday morning. Yeah. And uh, we're joined by the, the, the WAPA uh, CEO. Mr. Andy Smith. Well, good morning uh, to all the listening audience. Happy Friday. Appreciate the time and looking forward to a great conversation today. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Mr. Fleming, uh, how's the energy office? Energy office is doing well. Uh, we're actually uh, getting ready to launch our rebate program next week. Okay, okay, that's good. That's good. Now, uh, you know I had uh, the CEO on Wednesday. Had a good conversation. Uh, in hour number two uh, on Wednesday. So, um, Mr. Smith, I, I, uh, my phone started blowing up uh, Wednesday afternoon about some story that exists uh, on one of our local uh, mediums. And it was, it was kind of disappointing because, you know, we spoke of uh, the situation with, with Vital on our show. And at no point you mentioned that, you know, the situation could have deteriorated to what it sounds like, what we put, what we could potentially be dealing with, uh, with Vital, based on the story. Number one, is that story accurate? You know, Neville, it is, um, and quite frankly, uh, you know, I'm disappointed as well. Um, I didn't, I didn't talk about it on Wednesday because, you know, up, up, all along, we have been in, we, the Water and Power Authority, have been in conversations with Vital about what is a fair and equitable resolution to our dispute. Uh, and unfortunately, our preferred fuel supplier has elected to take the action of shutting off our fuel supply that, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, could force us to go to rotating blackouts. And that's that's terribly disappointing to me. We, we stand ready and willing uh, to have a conversation with Vital uh, to come to a reasonable solution to this. And, you know, I, I have a call with him in a couple hours this morning uh, to continue the conversation. But we have to get to a reasonable resolution that does not cripple the Water and Power Authority. No, you know, um, 
the 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 backbone of my show is my audience, and you know, they were they were disappointed to know that here we were um, having what I felt was a respectful conversation on Wednesday morning. Nothing was mentioned along this line. So what happened between when we were talking and and when this story dropped that necessitated the need for for this type of uh, you know unnerving news to impact the territory because again you know we're going through a protracted energy crisis and here we are now being subjected to um, rolling blackouts we had power outages in both parts of the territory between Wednesday and yesterday um, with all due respect I, I think the audience deserves some kind of explanation because um, that's what my show is it ain't about me it's my audience and they were they were frustrated in hearing that because you know they, they we didn't hear that on Wednesday morning and, and, and that's why I wanted to come on and talk today, Neville. Um, you know, I didn't talk about it on Wednesday because obviously it is concerning, right? Um, no, nobody wants to hear the prospect that we're going to have to go to rolling blackouts. As I mentioned, uh, you know, the Water and Power Authority stands ready to continue to have conversations with ETOL on how we resolve this issue. Uh, and so, I, you know, on Wednesday, I felt there was no reason, uh, you know, to, to, to cause the community concern. Right. However, Wednesday afternoon, somebody, not the Water and Power Authority, uh, the audience can draw its conclusion about who, uh, you know, sent a letter to, to the governor and elected to make that letter public uh, by, uh, you know, sending it to a number of media outlets uh, in the Virgin Islands. And so we, we were then, you know, we felt compelled to respond, obviously, because it was going to become a public matter uh, and wanted to make sure that our community heard from, from the Water and Power Authority, you know, what our, you know, what our take on the situation is, uh, and and yes, it is a very serious situation, right? The 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 actions that are being taken, quite frankly, put the energy security of the territory at risk. That's unacceptable to me. Uh, quite frankly, it's unconscionable to me. Um, you know, we put our most vulnerable citizens in a situation where they're going to be faced with rolling blackouts because we don't have fuel, right? And why is that happening? That is happening because VTOL is not happy with what they've been paid. Right. Um, what 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 the last uh, number that was put out, and this was prior to me joining the Water and Power Authority, was that we would pay VTOL one hundred and forty five million dollars. Right. That would result in us uh, increasing our our debts by 60 percent, six zero percent. That would cripple the Water and Power Authority. As everybody I think listening here knows, the Water and Power Authority is already financially distressed. And to go add another hundred and forty five million dollars of debt that we would owe for 20 years on the water and power thing, it, it, it's not sustainable, right? And we can't do that. Um, and so we have been working with VTOL, and you know, one of the things in the VTOL correspondence to the governor uh, said that, you know, I have not proposed anything to VTOL. That is absolutely 100% not true. I have been very clear and very consistent that I believe that there is a resolution to this situation, but it's got to be reasonable and equitable to the Virgin Islands as well as VTOL. And what's currently on the table is not that, Neville. It is not that, right? You know, cr crippling the Water and Power Authority with 60% more debt, I can't do it, right? And, and it's unfortunate that the path that's being chosen is playing with the lives of Virgin Islanders to, 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 to achieve an, an objective, right? Um, we're continuing to work again. I stand ready to, to have a conversation uh, with, 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 our, with our partner uh, to try to resolve this. Um, but the, the, path, the path that they are on, to me, quite frankly, is extremely disappointing. Mr. Chairman, what, what's the take of the board? Um, you know, because we, we can't be living like this, man. No, I mean, this, I'm sorry to say, but this is a joke um, from the standpoint that um, the company that we're dealing with, 
these guys are predators, man. I, I sorry, I, I can be very candid. They, they got fined by the Department of Justice for predatory behavior, misrepresenting the facts with in, with foreign countries, and now they, they they're literally trying to treat us like they got no respect for us. I don't know at all. Now I know they're in a business relationship with the government, but I mean, they they raked us over the coals like to get the deal. The cost of of, of putting this whole thing together literally doubled. I believe it wasn't went from eighty three million to hundred and fifty or something like that. Um, with, with all due respect, um, you know we're a small community. We're not this. We're not printing money here in the Virgin Islands. This is crazy. Well, and and I think that's what's been you know we talk about what's being dis, what's been disappointing about the way the situation has unfolded, and because ultimately at the end of the day, this we understand that these are commercial entities performing commercial actions. As we are, even though we are semi autonomous, we still operate a business that is. Typically and, and traditionally, uh, in other places, a, a commercial entity. But so we're not looking for favors. You're looking for a strategic partner in any in any type of business arrangement. I think that's what's been the challenge. Obviously, this is a very difficult situation. But you would hope that, despite the difficulty of the situation that's trying to be resolved, a strategic partner in that would be considerate, especially given where we are. This isn't to say you have multiple sources of supply and one of your Entities are saying like, okay, I'm not really like my arrangements. I'll pull up, but at least you have other options. No, this is this is someone in the midst that's fully aware, fully aware of the vulnerability of an our dependency on a singular source of supply and infrastructure to deliver that, and still using that and weaponizing that as a means of getting a transaction. And that's that that's to, when we look at that that you you described it well. That's that, that doesn't sound like a partnership. If you're in partnership, if you're in business with anybody, regardless of your industry. That's a very difficult type of arrangement to have to undertake. And again, let alone when what's really at stake is the people of the Virgin Islands. I'm going to take us back to um, the last quarter of 2019. Because I want the public to know this isn't something that just occurred um, overnight. This has been going on for quite some time. I, along with a couple other private sector folk, met with the governor. Labor Day weekend 2019. And I, we were, the governor and I had a little sidebar conversation while we were, you know, milling around until we actually sat down and I wanted to talk about the business of the Virgin Islands. Because um, at that point, I had no longer in the legislature. I done the private side now. And um, I said, Governor, um, things good, man. You, you, you paying, you paying um, tax refunds in September. And September is normally one of the months we'd have struggled until we start collecting corporate taxes later on in September because it's a, it's, a it's a big collection month but this was Labor Day early in the month August we tend to struggle because the tourism sector isn't as prevalent in other parts of the year and the governor tell me um, I look into sending a, a budget a supplemental budget and of course at the time we were, we were dealing mm-hmm. with major investment with the refinery mm-hmm. right a lot of people mm-hmm. working here right so this is I just want you know Put this in so the public will understand what we're talking about. Uh, I met with the governor uh, a month later, and the governor mentioned then, right, that if I had the money, I'd, 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 I'd buy out our arrangement with Vital. This is October now, 2019, uh, because clearly he was aware of what we were dealing with and all that stuff. And then in December, <clears throat> and all this predates the new regime I got in, in WAPA, the new management 
December that year, the governor had to call the legislature into special session because they had threatened us then, right? This is this, so. This is three years ago, right? Well, technically, thirty-five months ago, and he had to call the legislature into special session. Three months removed from when the governor said he's going to send down a special, a supplemental budget. Two months removed from when the governor realized, look, if I if I had my way and I had the available cash, I'd buy us out. Um, so this is a practice that has worked for them because yes. they got the legislature at that time, right, to you know approve uh, an appropriation to, to 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 pay them. Then in the interim, I, what I mentioned before with the Department of Justice findings and all that stuff. Well, I, I think I think the. The point you make is, and I hope that's a well-received one, because to see the, it's one thing if there's an isolated incident, but you know, true concern is driven by a pattern of, of certain behavior, and like we're seeing exactly what this pattern is. And again, weaponizing a vulnerability, weaponizing a, 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 a weaponizing a, a lever against a vulnerable, a vulnerable community. I think a pattern that creates a very difficult, like, how do you look forward in terms of how this 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 relationship works? I mean, we, we, we do have to, f we understand that there's resolution to be sought. And I think that's, as, as and CEO Smith has referenced, clearly, like, it's it's not a clear path. I mean, you know, negotiations in, and even even talking about in this kind of public space is interesting, but the reality is having to go through a negotiation and trying to understand how to get to an equitable, I think, you know, that, that is a point that Mr. Smith has made constantly as we look through this process is how do we make this equitable? You understand that, yes, there are, Engagements and there are, are fulfillments that we are trying to navigate, but again, it has to be equitable, it has to be reasonable, it has to be a compromise. Everybody understands the situation that the authority has been in. It's not as if we are, you know, it's not it, as many changes that we're trying to make. It's difficult when we are now like, when we're in a path to actually transitioning to continue to be disrupted. I mean, this takes away. I mean, people, you know, we look at the situation that it, this becomes an all hands on deck and trying to deal with this new emergency versus trying to do create the instrumental changes that are supposed to get us to a point where we're not in these situations, but you have a distraction like this, a disruption like this. These have very tangible and material impacts on the progress that's being, that's being attempted to be made. So the question um, to you, uh, Mr. Smith, is this rolling blackouts potential? Uh, how, how are we, uh, in, particular, particular, in particularly our businesses and our elderly population, supposed to mentally reconcile the thought that we're going to be living like that heading into the Christmas season. Yes, and that, that's, that's absolutely right, uh, Neville. Um, you know, unfortunately, the situation we've been forced into, uh, as Director Fleming, I think, you know, said it really well. Uh, you know, we have our, you know, our fuel supplier, <clears throat> who, you know, who would be our long-term fuel supplier. This is not the first time that they've done this. Right. Um, we, we, we will, as, as, as a plan, and we're working on this now, we'll, we'll communicate it to the, to the public. It will be well in advance. Um, you know, we'll, we'll prioritize our, our critical needs. Uh, right. We'll keep the hospitals energized. Uh, you know, we need electricity to make drinking water. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll keep that going. There's some other critical infrastructures that, that, we'll, that we'll keep in operation. Um, but the reality of it is, is that, you know, we don't have enough diesel, right, to run both islands. You know, full time, um, right? We just we don't have that much inventory. Um, you know, the diesel is twice as expensive as propane, right? So you know that would be very difficult for us to keep keep you know full burn and keep both islands on all the time. And so what what, what we're looking at as a water and power authority is balancing keeping as much 
you know, fuel as we as we can to keep the hospitals and the critical infrastructure on, while also providing you know some amount of electric service to the community. Right? It's 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 a it's a horrible trade off. Right? It's a horrible choice to have to make, and we're not making it now. We're being forced to make it. Right? We're not making it. We're being forced to make it. And and, and to, to Director Fleming's point, you know, we have a we have a counterparty who has weaponized right our key vulnerability to try to extract payment and not from WAPA, right? Because WAPA doesn't have the money, right? They're trying to extract payment from the government of the Virgin Islands, right? So I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sickened by having to make this decision, okay? But I've been forced to make the decision. It's not a choice I wanna make, I've been forced to make it, right? Again, I reiterate, we stand ready to have a constructive commercial conversation with DTAL, right? We stand ready to come to an agreement that is reasonable and equitable. The one really key point I want the audience to take away, and, and Neville, you raised this, that, that we've made payment to VTOL in the past, special sessions of the legislature and that sort of thing to make payments, and here we are again, right? Here we are again. They're running the playbook one more time, right? And this has to stop, right? The, the, the playbook this time has to end if we make a single dollar of payment to VTOL. It has to result in the Water and Power Authority assuming ownership of the infrastructure. We cannot make a payment to VTOL and not have that ownership and control transferred to WAPA because we'll, we'll be right back at this six months, nine months, 12 months from now. We'll take a break and we'll be back right after this. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Hi, I'm Peter Sangle. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Some people won't give you the real talk on drugs, but it's time we know the facts. Fentanyl is often laced into illicit drugs and used to make fake versions of prescription pills. You can't see it, taste it, or smell it. Suppliers mix fentanyl into their products because it's potent and cheap, and the dealer might not even know. Keep yourself and others safe by knowing the real deal on fentanyl. Get the facts. Go to realdealonfentanyl.com. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council. 